0: Welcome to the California Improvement Network's podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. During this series, you will hear about real-life struggles and triumphs from those doing the work and gain ideas you can use in your own partnerships for addressing social needs. As California Improvement Network, or CIN, is a learning and action network, we hope that as you listen, you will consider what you can apply to your work and identify at least one action you can take to advance the partnerships you have. CIN is a project funded by the California Healthcare Foundation and administered by Health Force Center at UCSF. To learn more about the California Improvement Network and access other resources for addressing social needs that impact health visit our website at www.chcf.org/cin
1: All right, welcome everyone. We're here today to talk about building effective partnerships between healthcare organizations and community-based organizations. I'm excited to have Rakesh Patel, the chief executive officer at Neighborhood Healthcare, as well as Greg Angel, chief executive officer at Interface Community Services. So, welcome both of you. Excited to have you.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Tell me a little bit about your partnership. Why do you partner together? What do you do together? How long have you been partnering together? I can't tell
2: you how long we've been partnering, actually. It's been for quite some time. We actually started, as I understand the story before my time here, of Interfaith providing behavioral health services um, in Escondido. At some point, they decided that those services may be better off for us to provide and asked us to take over that those services, which we did. However, our partnership continued as they continued to provide other wraparound services and other social services. And so it started with that. It blossomed into very various other avenues, whether it be senior services, providing food resources, part of our senior promotora program, and, and, and most recently, us actually embedding a clinic into their interfaith campus on their location and, and, and having true loca, co-location. They historically had been on in a shared building with us, but this was actually non-medical, but now it was actually to build, build a medical space and see their clients, are patients together. And, and that's, I think, our deepest integration right now. And then we have a lot more that we're doing together as well.
3: Yeah. And that, that initial behavioral health connection was uh, Interfaith had behavioral health services that we could not bill out and fund at the level that neighborhood healthcare could. So it just made good financial sense to preserve the services for the community to spin those off to neighborhood healthcare. But that was before my time as well. So you know, many years ago. And, and for a long time, we we kind of coexisted in the same building. We were in the location that neighborhood healthcare did, but our programs had some interactions, but they weren't really coordinated. Our partnership over the last few years has really been was really started by uh, two program leaders from our organizations working together in an ongoing way, and then Rakesh and I working together in an ongoing way and building both a uh, a personal relationship, as well as developing that professional partnership?
2: I would add, you know, for, for me, it started, I had gone to one of the CCI programs and they had a conference on the PATH tool, a partnership assessment tool. And so I came back and, and our other director of bh who's the, the other key partner with Interfaith on our side. I said, you know, I think we should do this tool with Interfaith. We've had this partnership. If we're going to take it to the next level, this sort of conversation would be really helpful. So as CEOs do, we delegated this to our, our, our staff. So Jeff has Philippe on his side. I had Wendy on my side because they knew all the details. They put the details together. We sat in a room for probably two, three hours and Literally, by the end of that meeting said, you know what, the best thing is to, for us to put a clinic on your site. So, And what we had found through that exploration was a lot of shared alignment um, in terms of mission, in terms of values, and then also saw opportunities to share resources as well and then really true synergy. And and I think that's what, and we've continued to meet on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, actually, just to continue to nurture our partnership and relationship.
1: Um, And you touched on this actually a little bit, but curious, you know, what have you both done to kind of lay a foundation for this continued partnership so that you can successfully work together? I think
3: a critical thing is that we've each given, we've each provided resources without necessarily seeing seeking compensation for them here at Interfaith's headquarters where we now have the co-located health center that neighborhood healthcare operates we had moved out what used to be our accounting office to an off-site location we were able to work with neighborhood healthcare to say that that office will be a perfect little health center we committed to provide that space to them to use for the health center at no cost and then they stepped up to actually pay for the refurbishments.
2: To bring it up to where it needed to be. And I would add that, you know, with any partnership and relationship, it's based on trust. And I think one of the areas that Greg and I have spent time is really learning about each other. You know, I can speak very candidly and frankly and directly with Greg and have no qualms about that, you know, privacy or all those things that we sometimes worry about. And I, I, I'm sure he feels the same. And and we both run in different circles in the county and have a lot of interplay where we can both, again, move the mission of improving the health of the community that are our, our both of our I think we share that same value and mission, and and have different mechanisms of doing that. But together, we both can leverage each other. Whether it be, you know, in an introduction to an elected, or him being on a recent panel and asking for feedback on how MediCal, you know, changes would at the county level might be um, something that he can work on. So we, there's a lot of that give and take that goes back. But I really think the foundation is Greg and I have, you know, we can pick up the phone at any time and call each other and have a, a, a quick conversation and, and don't have any of those pleasantries that we have to go through. It's really just, you know, I, I consider him a friend, to be honest with you, at the end of the day. so Yeah, 100%. Totally agree, Rakesh.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that we've talked about at the California Improvement Network is that, you know, partnerships are similar to relationships. And a lot of it is about having that person that you can go to and talk and have it be candid. So what would you say that each of you get out of this partnership and working together?
3: lately, a ton of COVID tests. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's like a joke, but it's really not a joke. Our partnership has been probably life saving. We operate here at Interfaith at the site where Neighborhood Healthcare has their health center. Co-located, we operate a residential addiction treatment program, a detox, a congregate homeless shelter, about 100 beds in residence here. And we had uh, for many months no outbreaks, and then in late in December we had a very significant outbreak. And neighborhoods stepped up, and they did on-site testing for every single resident. Immediately, they had actually done that earlier in the year when we had some other challenges. Uh, and then they've gone farther now with the availability of, of vaccine, vaccines for um, for medically frail individuals. So it is front and center in my mind just how not only again beneficial but but really life-saving the partnership has been for the
2: for our people and the communities we're serving you know I look at one of our vision is a healthier and happier community and and to do that work is really, more and more about the social determinants of health. We know in medicine, the 20% is all that we're worth when it looks at people's overall health and it's really these other social determinants. And, and what we also know is that, you know, we can't be good at everything. We need to find really those key leaders, partners in the communities that know how to do this work and do this work really well. And, and that's what I see in Interfaith is that partner, that trusted partner that we feel confident when we refer our patients to that they're gonna get help. In COVID, they helped us navigate It was a a rental program or not a rental program, but a program for um, quarantine. For people who weren't able to quarantine, so Interfaith's like just send us the name, we'll, we'll we'll navigate that system for you. So, as as Greg mentioned, there's a lot of give and take. But and then I think our, our chief medical officer said selfishly, like we need to give them vaccines, otherwise we're going to see them sick and they're going to come in our clinics anyway. So let's let's try to be preventative, which is exactly what we should be doing. And so I get a lot of personal satisfaction just knowing that we are providing really a, a strong vetted resource to our patients instead of just sending them out into the abyss of of resources.
1: You know, I wanted to circle back uh, a little bit to something that you had said, Rakesh, um, at the beginning was you talked a little bit about the PATH tool. And I'm curious how the two of you have used that together to further your partnership.
2: Yeah, so we we had each side fill out the tool and and then we brought it together and, and had this shared document and then went actually section by section and kind of read through it to understand Where are we alike? Where might be there might be some challenges in that relationship? And then really, it came down to understanding each other a lot further. Because, I you know, like Greg and I are both in our roles, but there's a lot of history with the organization and a lot of evolution. And now you have two leaders that may have a little different slant on where they want to take things. And this allowed us to kind of share what we're thinking for each of our organizations, understand what our strategic plans are a little bit. And understand our resources, you know, both on both sides, our limitations as well as what we can offer. It allowed some structure to a conversation that sometimes is nebulous to kind of say, like, oh, how should we partner better together? And this actually kind of broke it down. And the clarity it brought was really interesting. By the end of that meeting, literally we're talking about, you know, if we're gonna do this, the the best thing is let's let's put a clinic on your site. And and that's where this quickly became a project management sort of thing. Like, let's understand what that means. And we were able to do that. I can't remember what time period, but it was not that long, actually.
3: It was a matter of months. We opened the clinic here in April of 2019. So it still actually hasn't been all that long, but we continue to meet on a monthly basis and uh, for me, that that path tool was really, like uh, Rakesh said, the start of a more structured and, and action-oriented talks around partnership.
2: And I would say our monthly meetings have ag- agenda items. There's tracking action items, so it's 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 not just a, a kumbaya sort of meeting. There is some of that, like what's going on? What have you heard? What have I heard? Let let me tell you what's happening in my space, your space. But really, there is these action items that we track and make sure that we're moving in these directions. One thing we haven't talked about is that we do a lot of shared grants now together. We just are completing the Cal CRG grant that we did together. And so that's been a, a nice opportunity as well to do joint grant applications.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, um, you know, how do you think that doing those joint applications has enhanced your program or your work together?
3: I think it's been critical because it has funded greater levels of partnership. The CalCRG grant funded an interdisciplinary team from Neighborhood Healthcare and Interfaith Community Services to be co-located and to work specifically with justice-involved individuals who to truly address social determinants of health and, and and health. And so we just wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the funding and the staff to do it. So, so that's been important. And then I think it's also just been a part of, for me, showing my personal trust in Rakesh as a leader and our organizational prioritization to partner with neighborhood healthcare. As we've put our resources into procuring more resources, and we're also an organization, Interfaith, that relies heavily upon uh, private donations. We're very thankful uh, fortunate to have a large network of of donors who support our work. We've been able to be really clear with those donors to say, "Hey, here's an amazing group, Neighborhood Healthcare, who's doing all this good work. We're doing it together now." And and hopefully there're more people who used to support just us and now support both of us as well philanthropically. And so it's a way for us for for us to show just how uh, committed to the partnership we are.
2: The other thing that I would add is that the difference between co-location and integration. And, and I think that's a, a, an important continuum that we continue to try to traverse a little bit better. Co-location is, is easy. You just plant something in there, but the synergies of that don't really come into fruition unless you truly integrate. And And that's been honestly part of our ongoing struggle in some ways of learning what how each other works and what services each other does. And because they're both complex, you know. The federally qualified health center world is really complex, and, and Greg's world, with the, the multitude of the services he offers, is, is complex. And having our staffs understand and gel and, and work together, this grant the CalCRG really kind of forced that, created some a little bit of tension at first, but I think has really helped build this relationship a little bit deeper. And then the other area that continues to be challenging is just data and, and getting the right data, understanding. You know, Greg and I are pounding the drum. What are our outcomes? How are we showing that this integration is making a difference? And I think we were both exacerbated at times, like, why is this so hard? But it I understand it is hard. And, and when you're in disparate systems and things like that, but I, I think we are making some headway there as well.
1: It's really impressive, the partnership that you all have. Not only has it been longstanding and existing for a number of years, but also the work that the two of you have done together more recently. So it really is quite impressive. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about thinking about the work you do together in your partnership. You know, how do you define a strong partnership? What does that mean to you?
2: I look at partnerships as a I go back to the word of trust. I'm a big believer in trust and, and, and that feeling like when, when you're in a partnership that both of you are here for the right reasons, you're there for each other and you're there for a common goal. And, and that goal isn't individual goal. It's just more global goal or community based goal. And, you know, for Greg and I, we both talked about, you know, our, our goals, our personal whys are really to impact the communities in positive ways, very simply said. And and because we both have that same, you know, personal why, it makes this so much easier. And we both know there's a lot of complex stuff in our lives. But if, as long as we keep that as our beacon at the end of the tunnel here, we're, we're getting there. You know, we'll keep going there. And we know there's a lot of work to be done. And so for me, that's really what a strong partnership is, is, is really alignment on your, your, your values, your, you know mission, all those things that you want within your own organization, but you want that with someone else as well.
3: I think that that common goal, the common mindset of wanting to make a positive impact Mm -hmm. in the community creates not only a strong partnership, but then it helps when the partnership has struggles and when things don't work out. We had a social worker that Neighborhood Healthcare contracted to employ at a different location, a, a satellite location they opened a few years back. And for a couple of years, we tried to get this up and running and it it didn't work. Uh, On the interface side, we had some staffing issues, we had a hard time having the right person there consistently. And ultimately, we uh, ended that contract. That was a contract that was paying one of my employees to do needed work in a community that needs it. And so initially, I I was hurt is probably too strong, but I was very disappointed, right? But then I went back to that point of, okay, we're here to help the community. What can we do to better help that community. And that week, I got a call from one of my board members who was organizing a food drive in that very same community and looking for a location for it to move to. They were losing their food drive home. And I thought, well, this is perfect. You can uh, introduce them to neighborhood healthcare. You can do the food drive there. You can connect the people seeking food to um, healthcare services and then interface social workers can be there to help connect to our deeper dive social services. You know, I, I know we'll get back to a
2: point where we probably have a stronger partnership there than we did before, but it all comes back to that common mindset. Yeah, it's interesting because I, in that same situation, when it came across my desk, I'm like, oh, do we really need to go down this path? Like, you know, thinking about our partnership and relationship and, and, and our, our team at that side, you know, I think it's time. We've tried for a while now, and and I, I you know I believe in experimentation is is the way to to do these sorts of things, and so I don't look at any of these things as failures. I just look at experiments and and, and just process improvement, and just thought about this as one of those avenues where, you know, and under different you know pretenses, it may still be a viable experiment. This one just wasn't working right now, and I and I didn't they, I, with all the other things that we do as an organization. I saw oh this is a small hiccup, you know this is not a big deal to me. And I can understand Greg's point of view, but it was, it was, it was that sort of situation. Like this experiment's just not quite working right now. And, uh, but I think because of that relationship, you know, him and I went back and forth on a few emails afterwards. And, uh, I think we were fine at that point. It was kind of like, okay, let's go on to the next thing. And like you said, sure enough, there he is firing off this email. Hey, I got this possible situation for you in in that location. And so,
1: yeah, you know, I think what you're touching on is you know, happens with all partnerships, right? There's always missteps or there's always miscommunication or a brief loss of trust. And it's about, you know, coming back together. And I'm wondering if you can just share a little bit about how you do that. you either using this exact example or others, you know, how, when you do a misstep or a miscommunication, what do you do either individually or collectively to come back and write the course?
2: I can give a, a, a silly example, but there was a time Greg and I were emailing back and forth and I was, you know, in, in mass email mode. So like I'm trying to get through 20 emails between. So I sent this response to Greg that was kind of really direct and to the point. And, and then I kind of reflected like, man, that was a little harsh. So I sent it back to him like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across. I was just going through. 100. And he's like, no, t- direct is better. Like, don't even worry about it. So stuff like that, I think is just being a little mindful and then just kind of reaching out when you think that you may have done something. And he was very cordial, said, no, I appreciate it, actually. And so I think something just as simple as that makes a difference to me, at least.
3: And on my end, I mean, the fact that he would even say, hey, like, what was this? Uh, just so you know, I wasn't trying to come across. I mean, very few people do that. It's kind of ironic that by doing that, I was able to say like, no, you don't need to do that stuff, right? We're good. <laughs> uh, the other thing I would say is very early on, we got our boards together. We took our Rakesh and his board chair uh, and a couple of board members came and presented at our board uh, meeting. And then at Interfaith, we did the same thing. And now we actually share a board member who sits on both boards, uh, kind of coincidental, I, I think, but um, but really just connecting the boards and really making sure that all levels of the organizations are, are connected so that uh, I think it provides good cover for when things don't go wrong, that everyone knows and has clear eyes with how we're trying to work together. And then it also provides new opportunities to
2: connect and and strengthen that partnership. And I think because of our our integration, I I, I would venture to guess that interfaith comes up once a week in in some sort of positive way in our organization. When we were first getting vaccines, it was really early on like, oh, what are we going to do with interfaith and how can we help them? So it's part of our DNA now. And I think us having that presence on that campus, really solidifies that, but it it comes up quite a bit like around interface, like, oh, is this something that we can work with them on or things like that? So it's just part of our vernacular, I would say at this point.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just making me think is that because really a lot of what you're saying is that your partnership is strong and it's long lasting, is it more than just the co-location that kind of allows you to have such a strong partnership?
3: I think it is um, because we were co-located for a long time and did not have anywhere near this level of partnership. Rakesh said it earlier very well, co-location is easy, partnership is hard, or integration is, is difficult. Uh, and so even today i i'm continuously thinking you know are we truly integrating or are we co-locating and there are absolutely times every day where somebody comes here for food assistance needs to to get some medical care and And maybe they don't get that connection, right? Because we're a little more co-located that day because our staff are new and and haven't learned about this connection yet. Or we don't have a shared database system to make that referral electronically. I mean, any number of reasons, right? So it takes a lot of work. And I think it's something that um, takes the commitment to work on and do. That's challenging in this environment where we're all asked to do more under more challenging circumstances uh, amid COVID especially.
2: I'm a Patrick Lencioni fan. So I read The Advantage is one of his books, which talks about kind of what you're getting at here a little bit in his pyramid. And it starts with this foundation of trust. And so that's obviously one of those things that we've developed over time. And then you get to this area of conflict where as, as you have trust and you have things that happen, you can get past it because you have conflict, then you get commitment, which we've had. And now we're in this space of accountability and outcomes. I think that's the part where it gets I think it's much more fun. Like it's one thing to have a partner and say, we're doing good. But if we can actually start to say, yeah, we, we touched this many lives that they got medical services and social services, or we reduced our patients are less homeless now because of the services of interfaith, or, or we got them jobs. Those are all really positive outcomes that really nurture this partnership and push you further to explore more. We've talked about other regions, you know, his strategic plan of growth is similar to our growth. And are there other regions that we can start to work on? We just purchased another a church in El Cajon down south, and we've asked them to see what sort of services are you going to want to provide in this community? It's a new community for you. And so I think it's this, this push for accountability of each other, of, of this larger goal of improving community health. And so I, to me, that's what drives this partnership more than some of my other partnerships that I have. We just don't have that level of engagement and accountability to each other.
1: You know, one of the things that I've been asking most of those who've joined this podcast series is, what do you say, and I think you you kind of talked a little bit about this, is like, what would you say, one or two things you would say you've been able to achieve together that you otherwise wouldn't be able to achieve alone?
3: We've stayed in business and we've been able to provide in-person, critically needed services amid COVID-19. Since March of 2020, a lot of our traditionally indoor services have been provided outdoors providing food assistance, meeting with somebody to be able to provide rental help, providing job leads. We simply would not have been able to stay in business if it wasn't for the testing that Neighborhood Healthcare was able to provide. Back in May and June, when we had our first initial positives among our employees, Uh, And then now the the vaccination that has been provided where 80% of our workforce is now vaccinated. Majority of those were able to access through other resources, but many were not. And Neighborhood Healthcare stepped forward and allowed us to protect that workforce and, as importantly, protect the medically vulnerable residents within our housing programs. Through vaccinations for them, those have been two critical measures that would not have been possible without neighborhood healthcare.
2: I think for us, one of the things that we do, like many health centers, is screen for the social determinants of health. And as a as a physician, when you screen someone screens positive, but you don't have a good place to to send them, that is really disheartening. And we know that actually causes more burnout, and because it's just frustrating. And so with Interfaith, I think that's been a key bonus for us is to know that if we screen someone for food insecurity, we know when we they go to Interfaith, that's taken care of. That's something off our, our to-do list for this patient. They, they will get situation or, or rental assistance or job placements. These are all really hard things to find in the community. You know, Lots of people do it, but I've you know whether it be two on one or other service, it's it's fragmented. But when you have a trusted partner, it's it's much it's just streamlined to be able to get the the patients to those resources. And I think for us, that's probably been the, the biggest benefit. It's why we've asked you know in these other regions, is there a way to have you in these other regions? And our experiment was to embed this a little bit and see if we could do this in one of our other health centers. And I think there's still that. In the, the larger presence of being integrated at their campus seems to hold a little bit more weight, but I think there's still more opportunities to figure out even more so how to, to get more of our patients linked up with services. But I think to date, that's probably been the biggest benefit for us.
1: I'm curious to hear about what you all are doing to kind of sustain your partnership moving forward. I, it, it's clear based on what we've been talking about, you know, for the last 30 minutes that you really depend on one another that that's important to you both. And so I'm just wondering if you can share with our listeners a little bit about what you do to sustain the partnership to continue the work together. Yeah,
2: you know, I, I think first and foremost is we, we have a regularly scheduled meeting once a month. There are things that happen outside of those meetings, but just have time set aside. I think it's only an hour, hour and a half that we do, but it, it allows us to think about some of the acute issues, as well as the long-term issues, and then strategy as well. Greg is adding more housing units than he can probably wants to, to, to fathom that he ever did. But it, that that conversation is great at, of understanding. Well, how can we support those those residents with healthcare possibly, and have these conversations? It creates that space to have that because otherwise, if it's just part of our days, we don't we don't dedicate enough time to that. So I think that's one. Greg and I—he does—he does a better job, I have to say, than I do. But tout each other's successes to whoever we are with, and I think that I've always appreciated that as we are working with other partners. When I'm in a meeting, I, you know, I rave about Interfaith and the work that they do, and he does the same, likewise. And so I think that mutual celebration of our work is also really helpful. And it, I personally. Hope that others develop partnerships like us, because I think, again, it will improve the health of communities. And so that's the other piece for
3: me. Yeah, I think it's important for me to publicly thank Rakesh and Neighborhood Healthcare every chance I can, and to do so in the settings where I think it can provide the most benefit, because the thanks is warranted. And I think like a lot of good things, just not enough people know about the good work that they're doing. So when I get the opportunity to do so, it's a good way to pay back, help out, and ultimately move forward, you know, better community health. The other thing is that we're very, I think, honest and open about our planning with one another, and those monthly meetings are where that happens, where I will share about our newest project, which happens to be the purchase of a formerly blighted motel right across the street from our co-located location in Escondido, and we're renovating that hotel to be a home To be a recuperative care center for veterans and civilians exiting hospitals who have recuperative needs and and are experiencing homelessness. A a lot of them are going to need health homes. I've been able to work with Rakesh and Wendy and Neighborhood Healthcare to identify okay, how do we make that connection? So, you know, we early, really early on, we established there's no need to create another health center over there. We're right across the street. We can bring them right here, but we'll be able to work alongside one another to make sure that we. Create that 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 integration that is really most impactful.
1: So the California Improvement Network is a learning and action network, and a lot of what the network does is ask our partners and members to learn from one another, but then of course take action on what they've learned. I would like both of you to share maybe two or three pieces of advice you have for other healthcare community-based organizations who are either starting um, a similar partnership as yours or they're trying to strengthen the partnership they exist, they currently have so what are two or three pieces of advice you would give others who are engaging in a similar partnership
3: so for other healthcare providers i think it's important to align with partner agencies and partners that share the common goal share strong element of common mission however they can't be too similar if they're doing the same thing then they may be more like your rival than your partner the key element of success for neighborhood healthcare and interfaith is that we do different things and we have different areas of expertise and the other factor is that we're working with the same people and the same pe- people in the same type of situation and so that's a recipe for real partnership success uh, common mission, common values, uh, agencies working with similar types of populations, but in very different ways. And realizing that, that neighborhood healthcare can address the healthcare components, interfaith can address the social service needs of the exact same individual, and then defining how you can best do that together uh, in an integrated way. You
2: have With anything, you have to make it a priority. And, and really spend the time to, to decide—is this what you really want? Because with any you know partnership, or call it a relationship, really more than a partnership, you got to invest in it, and you're going to have to invest some time in it. And, and it will be bumpy at times, but as long as you're aligned, I think—and that's what I, I really go back to—is on these greater goals, especially amongst the leaders in these organizations. It makes a huge difference to, to move through the, the bureaucracy that can creep in otherwise. And I think. The, the nimbleness of Greg and I just ha- being in a room together. We're making decisions right then and there. There's not, you know, we'll go back to our teams and talk about things, but he he comes with one person, I come with one person. That's it. It is just four of us in a room. So we're not, this is not death by committee. It's actually, let's be nimble. Let's have these conversations you know, for people who have existing relationships, I, I, I truly believe the PATH tool is a great tool to, to, to explore. So that would be my first advice if you have an existing partnership and understand where you are and take a kind of an inventory there. For people, you know, we're, we're always trying to develop new partnerships as well. And you kind of, you put your toe in the water and kind of get a sense of what it feels like and, and, and see if it's going to work. And what we've done historically is to get some of our our, our leaders that have connections to start having conversations. And then I get involved if it feels like this is something that we want to do something bigger with. And so kind of getting a sense of the scale of this partnership or a relationship that you want to have is important as well for just time and expertise. And then I, I continue to think about the gaps of, of what we need to fill for our patients and who is the best in that environment to do that and then seek them out and, and have conversations with them. Because a lot of times their are gaps things that we can maybe fill kind of what's happened here with interfaith is that if you if you've got these synergies of if you're you know if you're working in, in, in populations that have been underserved or you know are impacted by the social determinants of there's lots of community-based organizations that you could possibly partner with but really is it a gap that you need to fill I think is one of the conversations we're having is especially as we explore a new region right now.
3: In our case, we each have colleagues, leaders in our organization who are as committed as we are to the partnership, Wendy at Neighborhood Healthcare and Philippa at at Interfaith. And so if I didn't have, if Philippa wasn't committed, if I didn't have somebody like Philippa who happens to be our chief program officer, she's in charge of all our programs and services, if she wasn't all in, it wouldn't matter or or we wouldn't be nearly as effective, right? So I think identifying people who have the commitment for the partnership and want the partnership because they
2: see the need for it. Yeah, that's a good point. If you left it to Greg and I, I don't think any of this would get done. You need strong operations people with you that are equally committed. And and that's what we both have luckily. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, they drive this, you know, Greg and I will set vision and and, and our goals, but at the end of the day, we need that support to be able to get this done. So yeah, I couldn't agree more.
1: So to close out my question, what is one action you would ask of our listeners to take to move the dial for their partnerships that they have at their organization?
2: I would list out your partnerships and, and, and maybe rank them and and prioritize your partnerships and say you know what this is the partnership that I think we can do more with that this if we strengthen this partnership our we can achieve our mission a little bit quicker or a little bit better and then spend some time and, and meet with that partner and, and have this conversation And if you feel inclined, you know, I've pitched the path to a few few times, but I would go in that path. I I think it just creates the structure to have a a meaningful conversation is what I would recommend. Another
3: way to look at it, and also for anyone who maybe doesn't have a lot of partnerships, or or maybe doesn't have the partnership that they want to to strengthen, uh, to look at what the needs of your community and what the needs of your patients are, that you wish could be better met or were better being, and, and how could they be better met? And then the next step is okay, who's doing that? And so you may not be connected with the housing provider who's gonna address that part of patients you're seeing who are housing at risk or, or without housing at all. But if you can identify that as a, a primary objective, it might guide towards the, the right partner.
1: This has been amazing. So thank you both. But before I do really the closeout, I just want to offer you the chance to share anything else with uh, our listeners that you think is relevant or you didn't get a chance to touch on as it relates to your partnership.
2: You know, I, I would just close by saying that our partnership with Interfaith makes Neighborhood a better better organization. Um, at the end of the day, I, I I can't say it any simpler than that. I think that the, 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 our our work together allows us to do so much more for our communities at the end of the day and, and live out our mission. And so I would say as you explore partnerships, that's really where the synergy is. You know, we can't do this work alone, nor should we. But if we can really link up with, with key trusted partners, we can do so much more together.
3: Yeah. And early on in our partnership, there was a, a young man who was a patient at Neighborhood Healthcare and he shared that he was struggling financially because he was trying to bring his father to live with him, and he he couldn't afford to help get his father here. And so Neighborhood connected the young man to Interfaith. Uh, We helped him reunite with his dad, bring his dad into his his home, Um, and then his dad had some health problems, and we were able to connect his dad to Neighborhood uh, to get health care. And those sorts of multi-generational, multifaceted ways that we holistically work with families, that's, that's what it's all about. And it's only possible through the partnership that we have between neighborhood health care and interfaith community services.
1: Greg Rakesh, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. It's been wonderful to have you on this series. So thank you both.
3: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Marie. It's been a great uh, yeah. Spend, yeah. Uh, time talking about our partnership. And thank yeah, you
0: exactly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the CIM podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. As I mentioned at the start, we ask you to consider what did you hear in this conversation that can be applied to your work and what actions will you take to continue to advance your partnerships in your communities and with your healthcare partners. This podcast and others are located on our website at www.chcf.org CIN. And we look forward to sharing the next conversation with you coming soon.